Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Kansas City veteran jazz drummer Jerry Pollock. He is a key piece of the Waldo Jazz Collective that performs each Monday night at the Piano Room off 84th and Warnell. He started his professional career at the age of 14, and over the years he has played all sorts of styles of music with symphonic orchestras, jazz bands and ensembles, and even theater pit bands. He was strongly influenced by the big band legacy. He's been in St. Louis, Chicago, and parts in between before calling his home Kansas City the place he lives. Along with the music, he is the business manager for the Leslie McLean Trio, and he's always busy. So get to know him and dig this interview, my friends. Jerry, thank you for taking a minute out for Neon Jazz. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. So let's go ahead and start off here. And I want you to talk to me about the Waldo Jazz Collective. When did this group come about and how long has it been around? Okay. Well, the Waldo Jazz Collective was formed, I think it was at least five years ago. And it uh, started at the piano room in Waldo. Uh, Some of the original people that started it are still are still in it and then there's some new folks that have come in over time basically it was started um by uh ricky cole who's the guitar player uh, matt purcell who plays alto sax um ariana namati who plays barry sax dustin mott played drums and uh i'm not sure who the original bass player was those were those are three of the founding members, and they wanted to create a night where they could work on their jazz technique, get more experience, uh, particularly in uh, improvisation, and also uh, make it a jam that was very welcoming and very friendly. Um, they, uh, as a group, they had not had great experiences at some of the other jams in town and decided that they would make their own. Um, so that was kind of the goal to uh, accomplish those those various things. It's been obviously very successful. It's been there for over five years. Um, started on Monday nights, has been on Monday nights for, for that whole period of time. And uh, also um, uh, Dustin Mott, who uh, was, the, was the original drummer, and uh, Matt Purcell and Ariana Namati, I believe they all graduated from uh, UMKC. Right on. You know, the one thing I noticed when I went out there was, of all of the acts that I've seen in Kansas City, I don't know if it was a combination of the band or the environment at the piano room, but it was there was there was a different sense, there was a different feeling to it. Does the piano room and kind of the camaraderie with the band lend to being a little bit more open and more involved with the crowd? It does. It does. I mean... Basically, the can room is a it's a neighborhood bar, um, but the owner, Jimmy, um, has a very passionate love for jazz. So when these um, young folks uh, went in there and talked to her, uh, she was she was very up for uh, the whole thing. And I think that the place has a special vibe as well. Um, I became the full-time drummer just, oh, maybe six months ago. Uh, Dustin Mott had played in the group up until then, and uh, his job uh, situation changed, and he wasn't able to um, make it to the the jams on Monday night. So uh, he asked me if I would um, take over, and and I did. And what I noticed, even, uh, and I used to sit in for Dustin from time to time, and I remember the first time I went there to sit in for him, 
um, I noticed the vibe in the place, and it's kind of a combination of of the locals um, who are who are just great people, and then other people that that come in and they hear about the jazz and they come in to hear that. Yeah, it's I think it's a combination of Ginny and the locals, and uh, also the 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 sound in the place is particularly good, um, surprisingly so. So I think all those things have come together, and it's just it's just a great place to be. Uh, even if I come and listen, it's a great place to be. Um, and the piano room has music in there um, every night that they're open. Uh, they're open six nights a week, and they have some form or other of music in there um, six nights a week. So music is very important to to Jenny and uh, the staff as well. Right on. So t- let me talk to, talk to me about your life growing up in Kansas City. How did you get so interested in the jazz? Uh, well, um, I actually grew up mostly in Philadelphia, and okay. uh, and uh, that's uh, so. I I initially played clarinet in in uh, elementary school, and um, and I started uh, so I started playing clarinet. I played fourth to sixth grades, and then I got into junior high school in seventh grade, and I remember one day um, I was still playing clarinet, and one day I just I heard the the drum line um, of the marching band, which I wasn't in yet. And something just clicked. And I knew right there that I wanted to learn how to play drums. Um, so I did. So I, I left the clarinet, much to my teacher's dismay, and um, started uh, uh, taking lessons on drums and started in seventh grade. and and have studied with people for many years. Um, in terms of jazz, um, that's a really interesting question. Um, the way I got into jazz was um, my father had um, an album, vinyl album, uh, a very old Dave Brubeck Quartet album, and I don't mean, I don't think it's on. It was ever um, uh, released on CD. Anyway. Um, it was called uh, Brubeck Plays Bernstein Plays Brubeck. And um, on one side of the album is various songs from uh, West Side Story. On the other side of the album um, is a, basically it's a, it's a, it's a series of movements for uh, orchestra and uh, jazz quartet. And they and I believe they were written and arranged by Howard Brubeck, if I if I remember correctly. And I remember in in when I uh, so this is so now I'm in Chicago. Our family moved to Chicago um, after my eighth grade in Philadelphia. And so I'm now I'm a freshman, and I take this album out and I put it on, just because I hadn't heard it before, and. It was like I was, it didn't really mean anything. I wasn't really interested in it. Put it back. The next year, now I'm I'm a sophomore in high school. I take the album out, I put it on, and absolutely fell in love with it. Every note on that album, I I fell in love with. I must have played that thing a hundred times. And that's when I learned about uh, the Dave Brubeck Quartet, and uh, certainly Joe Morello and, and uh, you know, Paul Desmond and the, and the rest. 
Um, and the, the symphony was the, uh, obviously the New York symphony, uh, with Leonard Bernstein conducting. That's kind of when jazz just, I don't know how it happened. It just, it just hit me and it made a ton of sense. And I knew I wanted to play jazz. So you began pretty early professionally at 14 playing. You played all kinds of styles from orchestral, jazz, ensemble, theater pits. Talk to me about the beginnings of your life as a professional musician and how you've kind of taken all these various paths up to today. Well, I think I played my first professional gig when I was either a sophomore or a junior. And um, in my high school, there were three other people that also got to know about the jazz, uh, the Baberbeck Quartet. So we formed our own little quartet, and we initially attempted to play um, some of the Dave Brubeck Quartet um, uh, songs, originals, and, and arrangements. Um, and I remember we, we, our first gig was at a country club lounge, and uh, we probably shouldn't have been in there, but they, they let us come in, and they, they paid us a little bit of money, and they made sure that we drank Coke. And um, we went in there, I think, uh, several times, and that was uh, that was the first time I played and got paid for it. And uh, it, it was it was just a great experience. Our little quartet just continued to we we rehearsed a lot um, and we practiced a lot, and we went out and you know did some gigs. And um, and then I uh, about the same time I uh, had a new drum teacher, um, and um, started studying with him and he opened up a whole lot of new horizons. And then he started asking me to sub for him um, with a group that he played with all the time when he couldn't make it. So um, I remember the first time that he asked me to do that, you know, of course I said yes, but I was really nervous because all the other guys in the group were probably in their least thirties, if not forties and fifties. And I was, you know, I was 17 or something. <laughs> so I was really nervous, but it went really well. Those guys were very welcoming. And it's a, it's where I started to really learn a lot of other tunes, particularly tunes from the 30s and the 40s and the 50s. And that's where I started to kind of get that library um, going. Uh, I saw it was a lot of swing, um, some traditional, uh, but mostly swing. And uh, and I learned a lot from those guys, and they really helped me a lot. They were really nice and really supportive. And I ended up subbing for my teacher, you know, a fair amount of time. It was it was great. When I graduated from high school, I went to college, and I uh, played for the played in the jazz ensemble there, and also uh, played gigs around town. Um, and basically, uh, I was not a music major. Um, I was a pre-med major, but I think I was only one of two people in the jazz ensemble that weren't uh, music majors. Uh, interestingly, playing the gigs during college around town, uh, that basically uh, uh, that basically paid for uh, a lot of my expenses. And I worked summers and made my money there. And then by that, so I went back to school and I, I, had, I had money for room and board and expenses. And then learned a lot of in the in the jazz ensemble. I was always kind of a big band fan. And then I learned you know, a lot more tunes, learned a lot more about playing in jazz ensembles, and then graduated from college and continued playing 
professionally, and here I am. <laughs> well, you went to Chicago too, correct? Uh, yes. Uh, my family, um, yep, uh, moved from Philly to Chicago in 67. So how long were you in Chicago? Oh, at least 20 years. I lived in Chicago. I was there, let's see, until I think 94, I believe. In the meantime, though, I left music in the maybe the oh, mid to late, I think it was the late 70s. I left music mainly for financial reasons, and I ended up in corporate America for a, uh, for a long time um, in the uh, marketing field. Did that, obviously, for a long time, and left the corporate thing um, in... 2001 got very tired of it and at the same time i had been missing feeling of really real sense of loss of not playing um that had been going on for a couple of years so i left corporate america and in 2003 started playing again and and my wife and i who had played together uh in her trio previously in chicago we resurrected our trio in 2003 and we were in St. Louis at the time and started playing again and have never stopped since. So I met my wife in Chicago when I auditioned for her uh, jazz trio. And then what brought you to Kansas City? So we were playing in St. Louis and, and actually doing pretty well. Um, it didn't take a long time to kind of get back into the music thing. It was, it was, it was a fair amount of practice and, getting my chops back and stuff like that. But um, we started playing gigs there and we're doing pretty well. And my wife, the leader of the trio, thought, you know, we should probably check out Kansas City. You know, it might be a little stronger jazz market. So we started uh, playing in clubs in Kansas City in 05 while we were still living in St. Louis. And then in 06, we moved to Kansas City. And we've been based here ever since. And we do, uh, right now, we do most of our playing in the Kansas City area, uh, but we've also done some regional playing as well. So what do you love the best about Kansas City? There's a couple things, actually. Uh, surprisingly, I didn't, um, didn't kind of expect what, I, what I've come to really like. There's a lot of the arts here, visual arts, performance arts. There's a real passion for it here. For the size of the city, for the population of the city, the arts are disproportionately popular here, I think. As a matter of fact, I read a spec a couple of years ago that said that the, the number of people working in the art industry in Kansas City was far above of the national average for a city with this population. And so there's a very strong theater center here, obviously very strong music in, in a variety of ways. Um, we have a great symphony. We have uh, just, oh, several jazz ensembles, strong rock, uh, uh, also strong, very strong blues town. Um, Leslie and I played in a, in a couple of blues bands for a while. That whole artistic area um, is, is just wonderful. It feels really good. People here are great. There's, you know, the opportunities for playing they kind of ebb and flow, but there's, you know, there's always something that we can, you know, we can, we can set up to play. And right now, I think the, there seems to be on a, on an increase, there seems to be more, especially jazz. Uh, there's more 
uh, recently more jazz venues that have opened up. Not necessarily all jazz, although some of them are, um, but there's lots of places that have a variety of music, and uh, with jazz being one of them. Um, so it's a it's a very comfortable place to live. We've got a lot of friends here. Um, the, uh, we we participate in the arts scene here, um, and it's it's nice. It's fun. So why do you love jazz? Why do I love jazz? <laughs> That's a good question. I'm uh, I, I it's it's just in my it's in my blood. I just I uh, I love the swing rhythm. I love Latin jazz. It just resonates with me um, in a very big and passionate way. I also love the improvisation component. Um, it's it it provides a, a freedom that is really not um, in, uh, you know, a lot of other kinds of music. And I, and I love the challenge of improvisation. Um, um, it's, it's, it's physical, and it's also mental. And, um, and bring those two together in a moment while you're improvising is, it's just a thrill. And I'm not always... I'm not always happy with what I've played, but that's just part of it. It's part of, you know, continually growing and developing. You never stop growing and developing in jazz. Um, there's just always more to learn and to experience and to try, um, and I, I really love that part of it uh, as well. Um, I love the sound of a big band, and probably my favorite is the piano jazz trio. I just love the sound of an acoustic piano playing jazz. Let me ask you this. Everyone has a version of who you are, your family, your friends, the fans, everybody that watches you live at the piano room, but who do you think you are? Wow. Uh, I'm a musician that I think is pretty creative. I always play with conviction. doesn't matter what, what I'm playing. Um, I always play with conviction and passion. I don't know how to not do that. Uh, and I listen really well. I, I have good ears. I'm always I, listening to what's going on uh, around me. So as a musician, I play jazz mostly, uh, but do other things like musicals. Um, and uh, so, I, yeah, I kind of see myself as a you know, pretty decent drummer um, that is uh, very sensitive to what other people are playing. Off the top of my head, uh, that's, yeah, that's what I'd say. Right on. Jerry, thank you for taking a minute out. It's been a pleasure to get to know you and to introduce you to my audience. And thanks for the music you give the KC crowd. And it was a great time. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Uh, I've really enjoyed chatting with you. Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Chicago, St. Louis, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Jerry for making the Kansas City scene a good one. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends.
Neon Jazz.